This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode number 98. Jehovah Witness, what does the Bible say? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Well, hello and welcome to That's in the Bible. You've tuned into a show all about what the Bible has to say about a variety of different topics. And uh, we're on episode number 98 today, Jehovah Witness. What does the Bible say about them? And um, joining us, we have a full house today. I know it's been a while since we were recording again, but uh, we'll explain why in just a minute. But first of all, I'd like to bring in Pastor Stephen Bear from beautiful sunny downtown buffalo new york it, it is sunny uh, a little cool but it's sunny and uh, glad to see the sun we don't get to see it very often during the winter time but uh, it's a bright day today and uh, glad to be here glad to be with you guys it's always a blessing how are things in buffalo well it's fine um you know we're uh still having services and uh, thankfully we've been able to to carry on through this uh, pandemic, our our governor is in a little bit of trouble right now for some of the things that he's been doing. But we're thankful that we've been able to meet. And uh, for those that are concerned, I think we've mentioned this on on other podcasts, but we've been live streaming and so forth, and and uh, having our services. We've we've added the Sunday evening service to our live stream as well and and for anybody that might be interested in that they can go to our website and look for the link to that uh, website is blessedhopebc.com and, and they can find it there so does uh and i guess i could ask this for everyone uh, doing the uh, streaming and the recording now with video does that does that add an extra wrinkle do you wish that wasn't happening are you glad it is happening or what do you think I've, uh, you know, I, I guess I've always been somewhat of a private person. You know, if somebody wants to come <clears throat> to the service and, and, and hear it, I'm, I'm not here for self-promotion. I'm not out there trying to throw my name out in the ring so everybody will, you know, call and have me come and preach and stuff. That's never been my thing. I'd, <laughs> I'm satisfied just being where I am. Uh, but uh, knowing that there are, are, you know, folks, even within our ministry, that, that we're struggling uh, with being out, uh, you know, in public with uh, the uh, virus the way it is, I wanted to make it available for them. Uh, you know, we're still learning. We've got a lot of uh, glitches that happen f- to us. Where we're, uh, my sons and I are, are learning as we go, as far as trying to uh, get the the kinks out. So if somebody comes on there and hears, you know, a bunch of blips and gaps and stuff like that, we're we're, we're trying to fix them, but. Uh, uh, still, it's a it's a new process for us, and and uh, we've been praying for someone to come into our ministry that knows what they're doing as far as that's concerned, so it can take the pressure off of us from trying to have to figure it out. So, uh, but it's a new venture for us, and and something that uh, you know we're we're trying to do the best of our ability and uh, just use it for God and however He sees fit to use it. Amen. I remember back, you know, back in the day when, you know, you were, you could find a cassette or grab a cassette or get a copy of a cassette from someone of some preaching. But things have changed. I mean, the 
you know, preaching is so readily available now with the internet and, yes. and now with the video, especially. <clears throat> and, uh, I just wanted to remind everyone, if you'd like to book Stephen Bear for your next conference, uh, <laughs> call 716-584-1611. He, he is available. <laughs> oh, yeah. You say I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Strobel. Uh, they'd have to listen to it first. They probably wouldn't want it after they heard it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Strobel in beautiful, sunny Lockport, New York. How are you? Doing well. And yes, enjoying the sunshine which the Lord has been providing even um, in the midst of our snow days, which we have had in the recent weeks. We'd, we'd have uh, snow and pelting us and piling up, and then the next day just bright sunshine, and it really made it uh, a lot more easy to handle. Yeah, it's more tolerable, isn't it? Yep. How about uh, the new video venture that you your church is in, you've engaged in? What do you think? Well, I may have said this before, but um, similar to Brother Steve, I I was personally was never really interested in live streaming our, our services. I I had no I no visions of it. I just it was just not something I wanted to do. I like the I like the privacy of a local church. Um, you know, the liberty that's there when you're not the whole public doesn't have access to it. Uh, even though potentially they do when you're recording your services, it's a, it's a different thing when you're live streaming. And then also when the uh, messages are left there online to uh, archive. So I say it this way. I, I, I was really drug into this thing, uh, kicking and streaming, <laughs> STR. Uh -huh. but, but now that we're here, I can see that it's, you know, it's where we're supposed to be. It's where we need to be. Um, so I just, it's in the Lord's hands. And I know that, uh, as uh, in Brother Steve's case, we have people that are not able to make it back yet. Some uh, very vulnerable, uh, hoping to get back soon. But um, uh, this allows them to, to stay in touch. It allows them to stay in tune and to tune in. And I, I know we have folks tuning in all the time. Sometimes folks we don't even know about. We have people even outside the state that uh, are tuning in. And it's not like it's not like we're getting inundated with a whole bunch of people tuning in, but there are some people that, that look forward to it and utilize it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's in the Lord's hands and I, I do just, I'm, I am, I am aware though. I try to be aware that, um, uh, I'm out there with, um, the public. So you, there's gotta be a little more cautious in what you say. And if on a given service, you're not cautious, you do quick editing before you leave it out there or delete it. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice to have the option, you know, during the week, there's no, no church service at our local church. And you could say, well, you know, there's nothing I want to really watch. Uh, I can tune in to Pastor Strobel or Pastor Steve and see what's going on, you know, get some good Bible. Yes. Although we'd like the order reversed. Not not just because you can't find anything to watch on TV. Amen to that. But the start with we'll you take guys. it. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's just more options, though, because uh, yes. these days, less and less I can tolerate TV. You know, it's like my wife and I will start to watch something and they're like, nah, we can't watch that. And so I don't, you know, it's we watch a show anymore. It's very rare. But anyway, um, and Steve, I see, I'm looking at the website under links. We do have Pastor Strobel's YouTube channel. I don't have yours up there. I need to put yours on. Yeah. 
What's your uh, what's your um, address? The website is the website is uh, blessedhopebc.com. All right, and I'll put up your uh, link if that's okay with you. That's fine. All right, and Matt, I I pass. I don't want to ask if it's sunny there. I imagine it's probably not. <laughs> uh, no, not. We we are getting the sun out finally nowadays. The sun has uh, come over the horizon from being um, not seeing the sun for a little over a month. But uh, I was telling you guys before we started recording that, you know, it's the last two over two weeks now. It's been uh, around negative 30, negative 50 wind chill conditions. So it's been pretty rough on the vehicles and the buildings. And uh, so a lot of things are freezing up. And But uh, I'm looking at my phone right now and it says uh, 40 mile per hour winds with negative uh, 51 wind chill. So oh. it's uh, it's pretty tough. I mean, we just and the amazing thing is, is, you know, we don't get a huge amount of snow here. But if we just get a couple inches of snow, like you know, the forecast says, oh, you get a few inches of snow right off the Chuck DC here, you know, and uh, you say, oh, that's not that much. But <laughs> a few inches of snow will blow into your house and cause, you know, a nine foot snow drift. So, <laughs> so a few uh-huh. inches uh, is a lot for here. So but we're doing good. We uh, we were able to have uh, King's Kids yesterday. We thought we might have to cancel because it was uh, blizzard conditions for a while where you couldn't see anything. But uh, God answered our prayers. We were able to, um, get out there, get the kids and really just answered a prayer. I mean, even, uh, we were praying for a while since COVID, uh, and then they opened up the gym again at the school. And so a lot of our kids were going to the gym that used to come to King's kids on Monday, our children's ministry. And so we've been praying, we, we only have maybe eight to 12 kids. And, and that's, I mean, that's still a blessing, but you'd like to see more kids come. And um, the last couple of weeks we've been having 19, you know, 19 to 20 kids coming every Monday. And uh, so it's just a blessing to see that. And, <clears throat> and then we saw yesterday um, one of our kids that uh, have been coming faithfully for over a year now. She finally uh, accepted Christ as her savior. So Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, she uh, she came forward after the service and uh it was just a blessing. So it's really neat because she is the sister of one of our teenage girls that's been coming very faithfully to a teen class for a couple of years now. And uh, her name's Tatiana. And she just, I mean, she has brought so many of her friends to teen class. Um, uh, at least three of her friends that have come now have gotten saved. And her sister now is saved. So it's just such a blessing to, you know, see that. So just what, what, faithfulness and, and what takes place, what fruit comes about just from one person being faithful, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, seeing all these people get saved. So that's a blessing. So I answered mm-hmm. a prayer. So describe where you're at. If someone was tuning in for the first time, um, you're in Alaska, but you know, a lot of people think of Alaska, they see those adventure shows and, and it looks, uh, it looks kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is exciting in ways, you know, and people say, well, it's just gorgeous there. And, you know, you say, well, it's got its own beauty, you know, I mean, uh, you know, where we are, there's no trees, there's no bushes, there's uh, really no grass except for some tundra grass, some wildflowers here and there. Um, but uh, if, if people ask, you know, how does it look in the summertime? Uh, in the summertime, it uh, to me, it reminds me of the moon, the surface of the moon, just because it's totally flat uh, where we are anyway. And uh, it's all gravel mostly. And then in the wintertime, which is about 10 months out of the year, um, you know, people say, how is it, you know, living there in the wintertime? 
I say uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you were an astronaut and you were going to Mars or something or even the moon and, uh, you know, to go outside, you just have to totally suit up like you're, you know, going out. It's just tiring. You got to, you know, get all the clothing on, bunch of layers and and pretty much put a helmet on. I mean, you have to put your goggles on. And I was just walking over the church to, this morning to print out my notes for today. And, you know, that's only maybe a two minute walk, you know, and I'm walking over there without my goggles on. And uh, and all of a sudden it was hard for me to close my eyes because all my uh, everything was freezing up. My eyelids were, you know, freezing up and uh, and my contacts were freezing up. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you just got to remember to suit up and, and get out there. But, you know, I tell you, you know. I can't really complain. God's really given us the grace and, and, um, I'm happy to be out here. So, um, I thank God for that. Amen. And if you, uh, have a map, take a look where point hope is on a map and you'll, you'll get a better idea what Matt's talking about. It's Northwest in the Arctic. It's, uh, and it is a different topography without trees, isn't it? Yeah, I miss trees. I, you know, I grew up in New York and love trees. So that was one thing that was hard to get used to, not being able to walk out in the forest or something, you know. And I think, I think all four of us have been up in that area, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Pastor Shovel's been in Kotzebue. Yes, I was at Kotzebue. And uh, we took a walk in the tundra. I was there, thankfully, in July. <laughs> Yeah, man. We took a walk on the tundra, and I, we saw one little scrub tree the whole time I was there. Wow! Oh. <laughs> I know Steve's anxious to get back. Oh yes, <laughs> you can hear it in my voice, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't want to see uh, Jen and Joanna and Jake uh, and Matt. I guess too. So. Yeah, put me last. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, just I think probably what's what's probably more uh, a downer as far as is making that trip is the trip itself. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's over 24 hours to get there. Uh, long layovers uh, going the wrong direction initially. <laughs> uh, having to go all the way to the East Coast to find something that will go all the way to where the West Coast. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, just. You know, just the hassle of, of trying to make sure that your luggage gets there, them go, you know, going through all of the security and going through your bag and seeing all the candy that you brought that you can't get up there. And, and uh, <laughs> that's a private thing for, for me and Matt to know what that's all about. But anyway, just, you know, just all the hassle of, of all of that now, obviously, co- uh, compounded with with COVID and all the the tests and, and uh, restrictions that you have there, that's just, you know, compounded things greatly. They, I know when they just went back up there here just uh, well, the beginning of last month, uh, they, uh, they really had a long ordeal and it was really tough on the kids. And uh, thankfully they made it and, and uh, all are well now. I think they've finally gotten over all the jet lag and everything else, but still at, you know, trying to take care of an infant and, in a, in a three-year-old toddler trying to spread his wings and, and, and yeah, go. Yeah, keep the mask on, too. That was ridiculous. <laughs> you know, the plant so, is like, you got to keep the mask on the kid. It's like, oh, okay, try that with a three-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. So, but thankful that, you know, they were able to get up there and, and everything's well. So, and Amen. you know, the, the thing about it, you know, if you're used to, uh, you know, just having freedom of getting up and, and going someplace and just doing something, you, you don't have a whole lot of that up there. I mean, you know, where are you going to go? You go up there to the, to the uh, ocean and go around on the beach and take the four wheeler out for something and sit there and, you know, talk to each other, read, or <laughs> for yeah. people that are here used to amenities, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a different lifestyle altogether. And, and the Lord has to do something in your heart to be able to, um, you know, have a love for that and be willing to do that. So it's not cut out for everybody. Amen. Well, this is episode 98 Jehovah Witness, what does the Bible say? And as we approach our 100th episode, I just wanted to give you this. 100, 100, 100, 100, that's in the Bible.com is celebrating their 100th episode with this amazing intro jingle. Bringing you great Bible podcasts since 2009. 100. The dulcet tones of the, <laughs> of the That's in the Bible singers. That'll bring sunshine to Alaska. Oh, Amen. <laughs> 2009. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. When it started, 2009. Um. So, in anticipation of the 100th episode, which is coming up probably within the next year or so, we are, would like to uh, invite you to give us a call if you'd like a That's in the Bible t-shirt. And um, 716-584-1611. <clears throat> or you can email us at that's in the Bible at gmail.com. And just give us the size that you need, and uh, we'll see what we can do to get you T-shirts out and based on limited supply. So first come, first served. You know, I was wearing that shirt the other day, and one of the guys from our church said, I really like that shirt. And I said, well, actually, it's a podcast that uh, that we do. And so he's, he said he was going to look it up. So the uh, shirt's pretty, uh, works pretty well. That's awesome. So, Jehovah Witness, I know that probably most of us, if not all of us, have had these folks knock on our door, and, and we're all familiar with, you know, going door to door and presenting the gospel. But, you know, when you, you think about the Jehovah Witness folks, that uh, they certainly have a zeal of God um, as they yep. knock on your door. And, and um, some listening might be thinking, well, what's wrong? You know, we're all using the same Bible and we all believe the same thing. What's wrong? Why are you having a special show on Jehovah Witness? So Matt's going to talk to you a little bit about that, Lord willing, here in a second. Um, anything else before we get started? Um, we could either answer or edit, but uh, I think you gave a little tease at the beginning you're introducing it, saying it's been a while since we've been on, and we'll explain more about that after. Remember that beginning? I do, and I okay. glossed over that, Were you didn't waiting? I? <laughs> yes, I didn't. I just thought I'd mention it. All right, so, <laughs> yeah, I might just leave this in the way it is. Um, well, the reason is, is because, um, what's the reason, Matthew? I don't know. What, what is the reason? I guess the big reason is because, uh, so my wife had to have surgery. She had to have half her 
thyroid removed. Um, so I had to, you know, go back to uh, New York again and, um, she had to have the surgery there. And so just with everything going on, it was just very hard for uh, me to be able to record. And of course my father-in-law, um, you know, we were staying at their house too. So it was just, it was just really hard for all of us to be able to uh, do a podcast. So now we're back. Everybody's healthy and, uh, good to go. Praise Amen. the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for all the prayers. Amen. Well, if you're ready, we'll go ahead and get you started as we take a look at Jehovah Witness. What does the Bible say? All right. Well, amen. Let's go ahead and pray before we get started here. Well, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray for this podcast. Thank you again for this opportunity to be able to do this. And Lord, we just want to be a help. And Lord, we want to be able to speak the truth and teach the truth according to the Word of God. That's why we call it That's in the Bible. And Lord, we just pray right now you'd help me to be able to bring this study forth and people would... Lord, be able to get the truth if they've never heard or don't know much about uh, what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe and the organization and the religion in and of itself. Lord, we might have some uh, even Jehovah's Witnesses listening uh, right now, Lord, and I pray this would be a blessing to them. They'd understand what's being said. And Lord, also maybe some are thinking about it, maybe joining the Jehovah's Witnesses or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe others are you know, want to know how to be able to talk to a Jehovah's Witness. Um, just, I pray, Lord, that uh, this would be a help uh, to all those. And again, Lord, we just want to give you all the honor, all the glory, for you're worthy of it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, one of the main reasons why I'm doing this is because we had a listener, it was probably three or four years ago, I believe, that had written in to our website and had asked if we would do a study on uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And, you know, I just, uh, I read every one of them. I guess I just totally glossed over that and, and forgot about it. So I apologize if you're listening. Um, but also, I think it's very important to be able to go over uh, some of the different belief systems that are out there and what the Bible says about them. So that's why we uh, are calling this Jehovah's Witnesses. What does the Bible say? And, uh, you know, shortly after I got saved, um, I was working at a fair booth ministry. And what that is, is it's put out by Amazing Grace Missions, and uh, you have you go to fairs, and uh, it was a Vestal Fair or Binghamton Fair, Binghamton, New York Fair. I can't remember which one it was. I remember working there, and uh, we just had gospel tracks, and we were trying to invite people uh, to the booth to be able to talk to them about Jesus Christ and how they can be 100% sure they're going to heaven. We had a sign up there that said, you know, if you were to die today, would you be 25, 50, 75, 100% sure you'd go to heaven? You know, what would your answer be and things like that. And I remember there was uh, probably about three or four, I call them kids, but they were teenagers that were walking by. And uh, so I just kind of shouted out to him. I said, hey, do you want to you know, see three things that God cannot do? And, you know, that kind of usually draws some people in. And uh, the, the three things that we uh, show them that God cannot do is God cannot change. God cannot lie. And the third thing is God cannot let anybody into heaven unless they've been born again. And so I remember uh, kind of the leader, I guess, he was the one that was in front of the other other teenagers there. And he said, oh, no, you know, we're Jehovah's Witnesses. And and I said, oh, OK, well, you know, and, and again, I was just shortly saved. Um, I hadn't been saved for long. And but one thing I did know is that the organization as a whole teaches that Jesus Christ is not God, that he is a God, uh, but he is not God almighty. 
And so I just kind of, you know, yelled out whether that was right or not for me to do. I just said, well, hey, listen, you know that Jesus Christ is God, right? And uh, and the teenager that was the head of them said, oh, yeah, we believe that. <laughs> and it took me back. And I said, well, you can't believe that. And he said, no, we believe that, you know, with a big smile on his face. And he just walked on by. And I don't know why, but that's always uh, stayed with me. And, you know, sometimes uh, Jehovah's Witnesses can say certain things that, you know, sound good and, and sound right. And uh, but, you know, I don't know if he was telling the truth. Maybe he did believe that Jesus Christ truly was God. I, I can't tell you for sure what that was. But we're going to look at some things. And I'm not just going to say, you know, just use my own words and say this is what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe. We're going to go right to their writings, right to what they truly believe, because they've written it down and said exactly what they believe, according to their magazine, The Watchtower. And uh, and so you can know what they say uh, and what they're supposed to believe. So if you're a part of that church, I can tell you right now that uh, that teenager should have believed that Jesus Christ is not God, that he is a God, but not God. And we're going to go over that. But if you'll turn me to Romans chapter three in your Bible. In Romans chapter three, if you're wondering about, you know, when did uh, the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses come about? It came about in uh, the late 1870s, and that was by a man named Charles Russell. So Charles Russell started this uh, religion, if you will, and he created the religion in uh, 1870, in the late 1870s. But here in Romans chapter three, I want you to see something here. Verse three says this, for what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? Now look at verse 4. God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Now we all know that we're going to be judged. Uh, you know, it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, Hebrews 9.27 says. And so we're going to be judged, so the the thing is, is that, okay, well, who are you going to go by to know if you're going to be right with God or not when you die and you're going to be judged? And the Bible says here that uh, in verse four, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. So I say this to everybody. Um, if you're going to be judged one day and somebody gets up there and says, well, this is the truth, you know, this is what you should believe. Well, first, you got to check with what God says. And if God says one thing and the other person that's standing up there, whether that person be a pastor, priest, whoever it is, gets up there and teaches something totally opposite of what God says, you throw out what they say and you keep what God says. And you say, well, that person must either be a liar or just ignorant or whatever it is, but I'm going to stick with what God says. And the reason why I say that is because I want you to see, first off, that the Jehovah's Witnesses organization as a whole, or the religion as a whole, they teach that you cannot know truth, or you can't know what God says outside of their magazine called the Watchtower. And you say, well, what do you what do you mean by that? Well, the Watchtower it's uh, based out of Brooklyn, New York, and it's all part of the organization. Now, this is what they say. So, this is from the Watchtower magazine, and this was printed in December first, nineteen eighty one page 27, and it says this, Jehovah God has also provided his visible organization, his faithful and discreet slave, made up of spirit-anointed ones to help Christians in all nations to understand and apply properly the Bible in their lives. Unless we are in touch with this channel of communication that he is using, we will not progress along the road of life, no matter how much Bible reading we do. 
So again, that's from their official doctrine in doctrinal magazine, The Watchtower. They say that you can read your Bible until you're blue in the face and you will not learn anything or not improve in, uh, in your faith if you don't go buy their magazine. Now, The Watchtower uh, magazine, printed November 1st, 1961, page 668, says this. He, talking about God, wants his earthly servants united and so he has made understanding the Bible dependent upon associating with his organization. So again, they're saying that you cannot know the Bible unless you're part of the organization, the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, the magazine, The Watchtower, again, July 1st, 1965, page 391 says, He does not impart his Holy Spirit in an understanding and appreciation of his word apart from his visible organization. Talking about the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, churches. And then, again, the Watchtower magazine, February 15th, 1981, page 19, says this. We all need help to understand the Bible, and we cannot find the scriptural guidance we need outside the faithful and discreet slave organization. Again, the Watchtower, March 1st, 1979, page 1, says, put faith in a victorious organization. So that's what their official doctrinal magazine tells everybody to do, is to put faith in a victorious organization, not in God, not in the word of God, but in an organization. Now, again, the question is, what does the Bible say? Uh, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses say you have to go by what they say in their magazine put out by people in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, are you going to believe them? And should you believe them? Or are you going to believe what God says? And again, Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true, but every man a liar. Look with me to First uh, John chapter 2. First John chapter two, they say you can't know the truth, uh, even from the word of God, unless you have them to pretty much interpret it for you, to, to be able to have the Watchtower magazine. Look at me to the first John chapter two. Is is that true? Can can you know the truth without the Watchtower magazine or no? Well, look at first John chapter two. Look at verse 25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us even eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. The Bible te teaches us that we don't need anybody to teach us. So the Jehovah's Witnesses organization says that you need and you must have the Watchtower magazine and them to be able to teach you. And uh, God says in the Bible, you don't need anybody to teach you, actually. You can just go by the Bible. Look at John chapter 14. And specifically, God's talking about the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. The Holy Spirit's the one that teaches you. John chapter 14. And John chapter 14. And look at verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26 says this. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I said unto you. And, and uh, look me to John chapter 16. So it's the Holy Spirit that's going to bring these things back to your remembrance and teach you. Look at uh, John chapter 16. Look at verse 12. John 16, verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot uh, bear them. Now, this is Jesus Christ talking. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, 
but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Now look with me um, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll just go to one more place here in regards to the Holy Spirit teaching you. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Nowhere in the Bible do we hear about an organization that you have to go by to know the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, like um, the Watchtower magazine, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. And of course, uh, we know the word of God, uh, his words are spirit. And so we're supposed to compare scripture with scripture. Now, look at me to uh, Ephesians chapter four. Now, you might say, well, why do people go to church then? Why do people have pastors? All those kinds of things. I mean, if you can just teach yourself, then why in the world would you, you know, go to church? Well, look at Ephesians chapter four. And Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 says this. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So God has given us um, pastors, teachers, so that we can learn the Word of God and we can know what God says. Not, not so they could tell us what to believe, but what the Bible says so that we can know what the Bible says and believe what the Bible says. And uh, look me to um, Acts chapter 17. This is this is so important, especially this verse here, Acts chapter 17. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So you're supposed to go to church and you're supposed to listen to your pastor and have an open mind and say, I'm going to, Go ahead and receive what you say, but then I'm going to look it up. Every single thing you say, I'm going to look it up according to God's word, and I'm going to make sure it's the truth. If it's if it doesn't line up with what God's word says, then I'm going to throw it out. Let God be true, but every man a liar. And um, if you look in your Bible, I'm just going to read them off. You don't have to uh, turn there right now if you don't want to. John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus Christ says, sanctify uh, them through thy truth, thy word is truth. You want to know what the truth is? You don't need to go to the Watchtower magazine. You need to go to the Bible. And Jesus Christ says, my word is truth. Uh, John chapter 12, verse 48, Jesus Christ says, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Isaiah eight twenty to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. And then 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So the Bible says right there, you can be perfected and perfect by the word of God. And uh, we don't need a Watchtower magazine. We don't need anybody else to tell us how to interpret the Bible. The Holy Spirit's inside of us to tell us how to interpret the Bible. So Again, you got to be very careful with this uh, Watchtower magazine. We've we've already said that we've already showed uh, how they have said that you can't understand the Word of God without that Watchtower magazine. You can't grow in faith without it. Now, the question I have is, uh, if if they say that they've got a monopoly on the truth and and outside of their holy organization, you can't understand the Word of God or know what the truth is. 
then they better be right 100% of the time, right? Well, I've got some prophecies that they've put out in their writings and even in the Watchtower magazines that did not come to pass. Now, look at me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. The Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. And if we're supposed to have faith in a victorious organization, talking about the Chova's Witness um, organization and, and the Watchtower magazine, then they better be right 100% of the time. If we're not supposed to have faith just in the Word of God, but more in them, they better be right 100% of the time just as God is. But look me to Deuteronomy chapter 18. And Deuteronomy chapter 18. And look what the Bible says in verse 21. Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So God says, listen, you want to know what the truth is? You want to know what the the what's not true? You know, who's not true? Well, if the thing doesn't come to pass, he said it was going to come to pass and it doesn't come to pass. They're the ones that aren't true. And so uh, I just want to read a couple things that the Watchtower has prophesied. Those that have written the Watchtower that they say you have to believe it 100% of the time and they're always right. And um, look what it says. Um, in 1889, they made this prophecy in uh, the book, The Time is at Hand, page 101. They said this, the battle of the great day of God Almighty, uh, talking about Revelation chapter 16, verse 14, which will end in A.D. 1914 with the complete overthrow of Earth's present rulership is already commenced. And uh, this is pretty amazing here. The Watchtower magazine, then in uh, September 1st of uh, 1922, so what, three years later, page 262 said this, the date 1925 is even more distinctly indicated by the scriptures than 1914. <laughs> so the Watchtower magazine uh, said, listen, uh, we know that, you know, we had said before in 1914 that the complete overthrow of Earth's present rulership is going to, you know, be totally taken over. Uh, but now they say since it passed <laughs> and it didn't take place uh, in 1922, they say, well, now the date of 1925 is going to be the date. And, uh, of course, we know that didn't take place because we're in 2021 and it still hasn't taken place. In 1916, they gave this prophecy. The Bible chronology herein uh, presented shows that the six great a thousand year days beginning with Adam are ended and that the great seventh day, the thousand years of Christ's reign began in 1873. Now, if you know Bible prophecy, uh, the millennial kingdom, Christ's reign is only a thousand years. So, that would have ended in 1973, and you know what takes place at the end of the Millennial Kingdom? A whole brand new heaven and earth is created, and that did not happen in 1973. So they said that uh, in the book, The Time is at Hand, page 2, the 1916 edition. Uh, if you look in, um, let's see, Millions Now Living Will Never Die, page 89, another writing of theirs. Therefore, we may confidently expect that 1925 will mark the return of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the faithful prophets of old, particularly those named by the apostle in Hebrews 11, to the condition of human perfection. Uh, that didn't happen in 1925. In uh, 1923, the Watchtower magazine, again, supposed to be 100% uh, right, says this in 
April 1st of 1923, page 106. Our thought is that 1925 is definitely settled by the scriptures. As to Noah, the Christian now has much more upon which to base his faith than Noah had upon which to base his faith in a coming deluge. So, uh, again, now 1925 comes and it passes. Um, actually, uh, here in 1925, they say this. The year, and this is the Watchtower, January 1st, um, 1924, page 3 says this. The year 1925 is here. With great expectation, Christians have looked forward to this year. Many have confidently expected that all members of the body of Christ will be changed to heavenly glory during this year. This may be accomplished. It may not be. <laughs> In his own due time, God will accomplish his purposes concerning his people. Christians should not be so deeply concerned about what may transpire this year. So they start losing faith in it. <laughs> then in 1926, they said this at the Watchtower, uh, page 232. Some anticipated that the work would end in 1925. Well, <laughs> when they say some anticipated that the work would end, the some they're talking about is themselves. So, so you know, some of the people that, uh, you know, read the Watchtower, they might not know or remember that the Watchtower, they had said that it's going to end in 1925, and they said for sure it will end. And they say here in 1926, some anticipated that the work would end in 1925, but the Lord did not state so. The difficulty was that the friends inflated their imaginations beyond reason, and that when their imaginations burst asunder, they were inclined to throw away everything. <laughs> I'll give you one more. 1968. Um, this is from the writing Awake, 10-8-1968. True, there have been those in times past who predicted an end to the world, even announcing a specific date. Yet nothing happened. The end did not come. They were guilty of false prophesying. So their own works say this, that their Watchtower magazine had falsely prophesied and falsely taught things that were wrong. So my question to you is, if they tell you, the Jehovah's Witnesses organization tells you that you better have faith in that, in their Watchtower magazine, and you can't know what the truth is outside of it, well, the problem is, is that they have falsely prophesied. They have falsely given false information. So I would rather trust God rather than that magazine. Now, that's the first thing we see about the Jehovah's Witnesses. And I want you to see something else here. You say, what do they believe in regards to getting saved? If you if you were to ask a Jehovah's Witness or the organization, uh, you know, how do I get saved? What does the Bible say in regards to salvation? How do I get saved? Well, um, look at me in your Bible, and we're gonna look at this real quick. Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians chapter two. I'm going to quote to you again a couple of things that their writings tell you how to be saved. And there are four things you have to do according to the Watchtower magazine and the Jehovah's Witness organization. They tell you how to get saved. There's four things you have to do. So um, Watchtower magazine, February 15th, 1983, page 12 says these four things you have to do if you want to get saved according to them. Uh, the first thing, Jesus Christ, now I'm, I'm quoting what they said, Jesus Christ identified a first requirement when he said in prayer to his father, this means everlasting life. They're taking a knowledge of you, the only true God, and of the one whom you sent forth, Jesus Christ. Knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ includes knowledge of God's purposes regarding the earth and of Christ's role as earth's new king. Will you take in such knowledge by studying the Bible? So 
what they're saying is the first requirement to be able to get saved and go to heaven is first you have to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, know about Jesus Christ, and also knowing about his purposes, uh, what he wants to be done here on the earth. So you have to know things, uh, a lot of the things about Christ and about what he's going to do on the earth before you can get saved. That's one of the requirements. Secondly here, they say this, again in the Watchtower magazine, same area, many have found the second requirement more difficult. It is to obey God's laws. Yes, to conform one's way of life. Um, in more of their religious writings, they say this also, accepting the message of salvation and devoting ourselves to God through Christ and being baptized in water is only the beginning of our exercise of faith. It is only the beginning of our obedience to God. It sets us on the way to everlasting life, but it does not mean our final salvation. And that's from the book, This Means Everlasting Life, page 181. So the second requirement to be able to be saved and go to heaven is you have to obey God's laws, keep his commandments, and you also have to be baptized. That's just the beginning of being able to have everlasting life. Now, the third requirement, they say this, uh, I'm quoting, a third requirement is that we be associated with God's channel, his organization. God has always used an organization to receive everlasting life in the earthly paradise, we must identify that organization and serve God as part of it. So again, you have to be part of the Jehovah's uh, Witness uh, organization to be able to even be saved and go to heaven, they say. And uh, the fourth requirement, they say, is this, is connected with loyalty. God requires that prospective subject of his kingdom support his government by loyally advocating his kingdom rule to others. Jesus Christ explained, this good news of the kingdom will be preached in all the inhabited earth. Will you meet this requirement by telling others about God's kingdom? So the fourth and last requirement is you have to tell people about this kingdom. Now, that's why you have so many um, of their people, the Jehovah's Witnesses, come to your door. And I know probably with COVID now, not as many come. But that's the main reason why they're coming door to door is because they believe and they're taught that that is part of the way that they get to heaven. So they're worried about, of course, not being able to get to heaven. So the main one of the main requirements is they have to go and they have to tell everybody about uh, the coming kingdom of Jesus Christ. And if they don't, they can't go to heaven. So those are the four things. And it's all works to get to heaven. All right. Now look with me to Ephesians chapter two. What does the Bible say? Ephesians chapter two, look at verse eight. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So again, which one are you going to believe? Are you going to believe uh, the writings of men and, and the Watchtower magazine and all that? Or are you going to believe God and his word? And again, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it's not by works, lest any man should boast. Well, go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. And uh, we're not going to go to all these. I mean, there are so many verses that talk about it's not of yourself. It's not of works. It's only by faith in Christ Jesus, receiving him as your Savior, that you can have everlasting life. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. <clears throat> Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Again, that was the second requirement, remember, to be able to uh, get saved. Um, I believe it was the second requirement. Let me look here again. Yep. The second requirement was to obey God's laws, they said. And, uh, well, this is what the Bible says. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. 
Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Um, keep going. Look at verse. Um, let's see here. Look at verse 21. I do not frustrate the grace of God for if righteousness come by the law. Then Christ is dead in vain. Look at chapter three and look at verse 21. Chapter three and verse 21 says this. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But uh, before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for by, for ye are all the children of God by the works of the law. No, by faith in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to go to the rest of all these verses here. I'll put them on the show notes and everything. But I want you to see here that the Bible co goes totally contrary to the Watchtower magazine and what they say on how you're supposed to get saved according to Jehovah's Witnesses. So again, I'm going to go back to Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Let God be true, but every man a liar. So are you going to go with what God says, or are you going to go with what the Jehovah's Witnesses say? And it's plain. It, it's not hard to understand what God's saying there. He says it's by faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. You can't, uh, you can't tell me that you can't interpret that or you can't understand that. It's very plain. Now, the other thing I want you to see what the Jehovah's Witnesses organization teach, and again, I don't have the time to go into everything that the organization teaches, but I want you to see here that they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. They don't. Uh, like I said before, I was talking to that teenager at the fair booth, and he said that he does believe that Jesus Christ is God. Now, again, he's either lying or he's confused in what he believes, uh, or he shouldn't be part of the Jehovah's Witness organization because they don't believe that and they don't teach that. Uh, look what they teach here. Uh, one of their writings called The Word, Who Was He? Page 41 says this, The very fact that he was sent proves he, talking about Jesus, was not equal with God, but was less than God the Father. Another uh, book that they wrote, Let God Be True, page 101, says this, The obvious conclusion is, therefore, that Satan is the originator of the Trinity doctrine. So they don't, not only do they not believe in Jesus Christ being God, they don't believe that uh, Jesus Christ was part of the Godhead, that he was all God and he was God the Son. They don't believe that at all. Uh, again, the question is, what does God say? Well, look at me in Matthew chapter 1. Well, So was Jesus Christ really God or was he lesser than God? Look at uh, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And in Matthew chapter 1, look at verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord of the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with a child, shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is which being interpreted is God with us. So Jesus Christ was God with us, not a God, not a lesser God than God, but God, specifically him with us. Look at John chapter one, John chapter one, 
And in John chapter one, it says this. In the beginning was the word, see that capital W, and the word was with God and the word was God. Now you keep going down, you look at who this was, look at verse 14, and the word, again, capital W, was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There'd be no doubt about who that is, that's Jesus Christ. And uh, go back to verse 1. So it says right there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus Christ, that was manifest in the flesh, was God. Now, you know what the Jehovah's Witnesses organization did? They, in um, 1947, they started work on a new Bible translation called the New Living Translation. And in 1950, they were able to release a New Testament of the New Living Translation Bible. And you know what they did here? They changed this verse, and it uh, comes out to say not that he was God, but that the word was a God. So at the end of verse one there, they say that the word was a God, not that he was God Almighty, that he, but that he was a God that uh, God Almighty created. And you know what that is? That's just false. That, you know, they made up their own Bible version in 1950 to because, to, you know, there were so many people that were saying, well, wait a minute. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is God, not a God or not a lesser God. And so they got so sick of it after a while. They said, well, we're going to make our own translation then so that when we go door to door and people say that we can just open up our Bibles and say, well, hey, look at this. The Bible, God's word says that he was a God. And we know that's just totally false. Amen. He was God. No doubt about it. Let's look at one more spot. Look at John chapter 20 in regards to this. And again, I've got plenty of verses on this. Uh, I'll put it on the show notes. I don't want to take all the time today, but um, we've also got studies on this website. Uh, that's in the Bible.com that um, I believe it's just called Was Jesus Christ Really God? And you can look that up, and we do a whole entire, at least hour, on the fact that Jesus Christ was God. Look at John chapter 20, and look at verse 28. John chapter 20, verse 28. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen me and yet have believed. Uh, you say right there, Thomas knew that he was God. And you know, Jesus Christ didn't say, oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not God. I'm just a God. You know, no, he didn't say that. Uh, look at me to Hebrews chapter one, Hebrews chapter one, because here is God, the father saying this about his son. Uh, Hebrews chapter one, verse eight, Hebrews chapter one, verse eight. But unto the son, he saith, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So. <laughs> Here you have the context is God speaking and um, he's saying right here, but unto the son, talking about Jesus Christ, he saith, thy throne, O God. So God, the father calls his son, Jesus Christ, God. And that just proves the Trinity as well. First John chapter five, you know, they, they say that the Trinity is not true. The Jehovah's Witnesses say that. First uh, John five, seven says, uh, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the father, the word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So sometimes it's hard to understand the Trinity, but it's the truth. It's the truth. In Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, John chapter 10, John chapter 10. And John chapter 10, look what it says in verse 28. This is Jesus Christ talking. 
Uh, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. And you know what they did in verse 31? Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him <laughs> because they knew exactly what he was saying. He was saying, hey, listen, I'm not just a God. I am God. And they couldn't take that. And so they tried to kill him. So Jesus Christ is God and the Trinity is true. There is God and he has three parts to him. God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Ghost or God, the Holy Spirit. So you have uh, the Trinity is true. You know what else the Jehovah's uh, Witness organization believes? They don't believe that there is a literal hell. They believe that when somebody dies, that's not saved. They just uh, they, they don't exist anymore. They cease to exist. Um, look at me to uh, Luke chapter. Uh, well, let's go to Matthew chapter five or verse 22. Cause some people are going to try and say Luke chapter 16 is a parable. We know it's not, but just for sake of that, we'll just go to Matthew chapter five and Matthew chapter five. Look at verse 22, Matthew chapter five, verse 22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. That's Jesus Christ talking. And he says there is a hell and there is a fire in hell. Look at Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 verse 8. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. I mean, you can keep going. Look at Matthew chapter 13. Go back to Matthew 13. Look at verse 50. Again, they... Watchtower teaches and Jehovah's Witnesses teach that there is no hell. You just cease to exist. But uh, God says something totally different. God says there is a hell for those that do not get saved and they'll burn there forever. Look at uh, Matthew 13, 50. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There should be a uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth. Look at Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. In Matthew chapter 25. Verse 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So here's Jesus Christ talking to some that are going to hell, and he says it's everlasting fire. Not, okay, I'm going to cast you into a ceasing of existing. <laughs> no, he says, I'm going to cast you into hell, and it's going to be everlasting, and you're going to be burning there forever. Look at... Um, well, let's do an Old Testament one. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 32. I remember I was street preaching one day and a Jewish girl, she said she was Jewish. She said, well, listen, uh, show me in the Bible in the Old Testament where there is hell. And then I'll believe that there is a hell. And so I said, okay, well, let's open up the Bible here. And she's, no, 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 never mind. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute. You said that you'll believe if I show you the Old Testament. And she said, no, I got to go. And you know what that is? It's just that nobody wants to know what the Bible says. Everybody wants to believe what they want to believe. Then they find people that teach a certain thing that goes along with their you know, thinking. And then they just say, OK, well, I'm OK now because I believe that. Well, no, it depends what the Bible says, what God says. And Deuteronomy chapter 32, 
verse thir- uh I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 32, 22. For a fire is kindled in mine anger and shall burn unto the lowest hell and shall consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Uh, listen, there's uh, there's many verses in the Old Testament of there being hell. Uh, lastly, on this hell, look at Jude 7. We haven't done a study, and that's in the Bible, on hell yet. And uh, I think we need to. I think... Um, Eventually, uh, we will do one because it's uh, very important and it is a true place and people are going there that aren't saved. Look at uh, Jude 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. You know what they're doing right now? Those that were in Sodom and Gomorrah, they're still suffering the vengeance of eternal fire because it's eternal. They don't cease to exist. They burn forever. And so it's important. So uh, we'll just go over just uh, a couple more things here. I know um, it's been about 40 minutes already, so I want the other guys to have a chance to talk. But I just want to show you a couple more things that uh, they teach that the Bible says is totally different, totally wrong. Look at, uh, uh, let's see here. Let's go to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. And you say, well, are you against door knocking? I mean, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses go door knocking so that they can try and get saved. I'm not against door knocking at all. You know, we should go door knocking. If you're a Bible-believing Christian, you're on your way to heaven, you know you're going to heaven, you know others are going to hell without Jesus Christ, we should be knocking doors to tell them about Jesus Christ so they can get saved. But we're not going door knocking so we can try and get to heaven ourselves. No, we're already on our way to heaven if you've received Christ as your Savior. Now, another thing uh, the organization, Jehovah's Witness organization teaches is that they don't believe that Jesus Christ rose bodily from the dead. So we, of course, know that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried, rose again the third day. Well, they say, well, no, it wasn't a bodily resurrection. He didn't come out of the tomb. It was just a spirit that came out of the tomb. It was a spirit that came out of the tomb. And um, don't take my word for it. Um, Their book, The Kingdom is at Hand, page 258, says this. In his resurrection, he was no more human. He was raised as a spirit creature. Um, Again, their book, Let God Be True, page 41. God raised him to deathless life as a glorious spirit creature. Um, Also, page 138. So the King Christ Jesus was put to death in the flesh and was resurrected an invisible spirit creature. Therefore, the world will see him no more. So they teach that uh, it wasn't a bodily resurrection. He didn't have, you know, um, bones and flesh. It was just a spirit creature. And uh, he's invisible is what they say. Well, what does the Bible say? Look at Luke chapter 23. And again, the context here is that uh he is dying on the cross look at luke chapter 23 verse 33 and when they were coming to the place which is called calvary there they crucified him and the malefactors one on the right hand and the other on the left look at verse 46 and when jesus had cried with a loud voice he said father into thy hands i commend my spirit and having said thus he gave up the ghost so he dies and in verses 50 to 53 they put him in a tomb bodily now look at uh, chapter 24 luke chapter 24 verse 1 Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. So his body's gone. 
And it came to pass as they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto him, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he speak unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. Now, look at what it says here in verse 33. This is, this is really important here. Look at verse 33. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. Verse 37, But they were terrified and affrighted, affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. So again, that's what the Jehovah's Witnesses teach. They teach that uh, Jesus Christ just rose as a spirit. Now, but look at verse 38. And he said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that is, I myself, handle me and see, for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he, had, uh, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a an honeycomb, and he took it and he eat before them. <laughs> now listen, if he was a spirit being, if he was a spirit, he would have took that broiled fish and his hand would have went right through the food or, you know, it would have got up to his mouth somehow and it would have just dropped down onto the floor. Uh, listen, he was flesh and bones and he said, you can handle me. And so again, the Jehovah's Witnesses teaching here is false according to the Bible, according to the word of God. We'll go to one more thing. Now, lastly here, the Watchtower second president, um, he taught that the Holy Spirit doesn't work anymore. The Holy Spirit's gone. OK, uh, he said this, that the Holy Spirit ceased to function in 1918 um, in his book. So it's Rutherford's book, Preservation, page 193 to 194. He says this by his spirit, the Holy Spirit, Jehovah God guides or leads his people up to a certain point of time and thus did until the time when the comforter was taken away in 1918. Now, uh, the Watchtower had this in their magazine in the Watchtower, October 1st, 1932. Again, this is they say you have to go by the Watchtower for truth. October 1st, 1932. They say this. I quote, the Lord Jesus came to his temple in 1918, and that would mark the time of the cessation of the work of the Holy Spirit as an advocate, helper and comforter of the members of the church on earth. There, the Holy Spirit was taken away. So. The Watchtower magazine teaches you that the Holy Spirit's gone. It's not here anymore to comfort you, to help you out, to teach you anything. But look with me to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. What does God say? Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> look at verse 12. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. So if you've trusted in Christ, you've accepted him as your savior, you're saved. Verse 13, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Well, wait a minute. If, if the Holy Spirit is gone in 1918, no longer can you get that Holy Spirit. <laughs> but that's not what God says. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye 
are sealed unto the day of redemption. You're sealed unto the day of redemption until either Jesus Christ takes you out at the rapture or at your death. And uh, look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he says this, And be not drunk with wine wherein is access, but be filled with the Spirit. That's a command. Why would God give us a command to do something that we can't do if the Holy Spirit's not here anymore? That, that would be ridiculous. And lastly, look with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we'll be done. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If the Holy Spirit is gone now in 1918, then all these scriptures are a lie. And you have to make up your mind. Is the scriptures truth or is the watchtower truth? They both can't be truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. So God says if you're saved, he's bought you, he's redeemed you, that Holy Spirit is within you. But the Watchtower says, nope, the Holy Spirit left in 1918. So again, we've looked at uh, only six things. I mean, there's a lot more that I could have went over, but just for sake of time, uh, we saw, uh, firstly, the Watchtower magazine, they say, must be used to know any truth. And according to the Bible, that's just not true at all. Secondly, they say you have to do works to be saved. The Bible says, God says, that it's only by grace through faith. So again, it goes totally against what they say, the Jehovah's Witnesses say. The Jehovah's Witnesses say Jesus Christ is not God and that there is no Trinity. And uh, the problem with that is the Bible, God's book, says that Jesus Christ is God and the Trinity is true. Uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses say hell isn't a real place, that you just cease to exist when you die if you're not saved. The Bible, God's book, says hell is a real place and you will go there and burn forever in an eternal fire, everlasting punishment. Uh, forever if you're not saved. Uh, fifthly, we saw that Jesus didn't rise bodily from the dead, only spiritually, the Jehovah's Witnesses say. But we saw firsthand account there that Jesus Christ did rise bodily from the dead and that he did have bones, he did have um, flesh. They could handle him and he could eat. So he wasn't a spirit like the Watchtower magazine says. And sixthly, uh, or sixth here, we see the Holy Spirit is now gone, the Jehovah's Witnesses say. And unfortunately, the well, not unfortunately, unfortunately for them, I guess, but not for us, the Holy Spirit is still here. The Comforter is still here. We can be comforted. We can know the truth. And uh, we're sealed into the day of redemption by the Holy Spirit. And we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible. So again, Romans 3, 4, let God be true, but every man a liar. The Jehovah's Witnesses, what does the Bible say? Well, just in those six teachings right there, which are huge main uh, unbelievable teachings that you need to know the truth on. Uh, the the Watchtower magazine goes totally contrary to the Bible. So I'm going to stick with the Bible. You can make up your mind what you're going to stick with, but I'm going to stick with the Bible, and I'm going to throw out the Watchtower magazine, and I'm going to try and win as many Jehovah's Witnesses as I can to the Lord. Um, but according to what the Watchtower magazine says and their organization says, uh, it's all false according to the Bible. All right, thanks, guys. Amen. Thank you, Matthew. Amen. It's a timely study, and it's a you know it's a it's a well regarded study because these folks will be back. They'll be back knocking at your door, and and uh, you don't want to be taken in by these false teachings. You know, one of the things that I learned early on, and Matt mentioned that they have a, their own Bible called the New World Translation. Which, if you talk to them, they'll say it's basically the same as your King James Bible, except 
they have tons of verses that aren't even in their own Bible. You know, when compared to the the standard of all Bibles, the King James Bible, if you look at Matthew 17, 21 in the New World Translation, you know what it says? Nothing. It's blank. Matthew 18, 11, blank. Matthew 23, 14, blank. Mark 7, 16, blank. Mark 11, 26, it's gone. Mark 15, 28, it's gone. Mark 9, 44 and 45, it's gone. Luke 17, 36 is gone. Luke 23, 17 is gone. John 5, 4 is gone. Acts 8, 37 is gone. Acts 15, 34 is gone. Acts 24, verse 7, you know, and it goes on and on. So I don't know how you can trust folks that have removed these uh, verses from their Bible, as well as the teachings and things that, you know, they've just changed the truth of God. So I would be cautious and and wary of, of, and and maybe weary too, of anyone that uh, comes to the door that uh, has counting on, as Matt was pointing out, their, their teachings over the Bible. And then the Bible that they profess to be, you know, a, a sound, reliable translation has tons of verses out of them. Something's wrong there. So, Amen. Hey, man, again, thanks, Matt. And guys, uh, Pastor Strobel? Wow, there's so so much, as Brother Matt said. Um, I'm going to rattle off a few things. Uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses for years and years have made a big deal about the 144,000. And they want to be, you know, there's a, there's a part of them that wants to be of that 144,000. They believe that they are Jehovah's Witnesses. The scriptures, you can look them up in uh, Revelation 7, 4, talks about that 144,000. But it says that they are of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So the qualification for the 144,000 is they need to be Jewish. Uh, they also are, according to Revelation 14, verses 3 and 4, they are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. So the further qualifications are not only Jewish, but uh, male virgins, male Jewish virgins. So that disqualifies virtually all of the Jehovah's Witnesses. They don't fall into those categories. Um, when you talk to Jehovah's Witness, and, and a lot of times when we're witnessing, we might ask somebody if they were to die, uh, do they know they would go and go to heaven or are they 100 percent sure they'd go to heaven? And I've had many Jehovah's Witnesses tell me that, you know, they don't want to go to heaven. They want to live on the earth. And if you're not prepared for that, that could throw you off a bit. But what they're they're talking about is they're not looking to go to heaven. They're looking for the kingdom to come on this earth. So that's what they're looking for. They don't think we're, we're, we're going to heaven. They think this earth is going to be here forever. Their emphasis on, is on the kingdom. That's why their uh, meeting places are not called uh, churches, but rather they're called kingdom hall, because that's what they're all about. And again, that's why their scriptures are called the New World translation of the Holy Scriptures, because they're looking for that new world. And they will use verses like, for example, Ecclesiastes 1.4. It's a big one. Uh, they'll say, one generation passeth away and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. And they will build a doctrine around that, and that doctrine being that this earth that we're on right now is going to last forever. And of course, starting off in Ecclesiastes 1.4 is a very bad place to, to build your doctrinal beliefs. There's a lot of things in Ecclesiastes that are spoken of by uh, Solomon, uh, many of them as he makes a journal of his backslidden uh, journey, and they are spoken of from the vantage point of under the sun, which is a key phrase in the book of Ecclesiastes. As a matter of fact, right before he said that, that was Ecclesiastes 1.4, he said, What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? Verse 3, then verse 4, 
one generation passeth away, another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. Well, the fact is that this earth does not abide forever. And what you're getting is you're getting the the vantage point, a view from the vantage point of human beings. And from human beings, they say, okay, here's a generation of people, they're alive and now they've died. And here comes another one, they live and they die, but the earth just stays. And so from a human standpoint, it might look like it lived, that it abides forever. But the scripture is very clear in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse number 10, where it says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. And if you want to know if he literally means burned up, let's let's go for further clarification. Verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. And then he, he talks about this thing. Uh, that uh, when it's all said and done, well, what we're looking for, verse 13, is new heavens and a new earth, Amen. wherein dwelleth righteousness. So again, the Jehovah's Witness, what they've they've done with their neural translation is they have written a Bible to match up with their preconceived doctrines. And what they did in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10, where it said, the earth shall be burned up, since they didn't believe that, they said the earth and the works in it will be exposed. Just like, uh, as Matt pointed out in John 1 and verse number 1, they changed Jesus from being the word from being God to being a God, small g. And they do this uh, over and, and over again. So they don't believe in the literal hell, as Brother Matt uh, told you. And so they have systematically removed every single reference to the word hell in both the Old Testament and New Testament of the New World Translation and replace it with something else whether they use a transliteration of the uh, Hebrew or Greek word or, or whether for which they will criticize other people for doing in, in translations or whether they uh, put in, um, you know, the pit or something like that or, or the grave. Um, let me point out uh, one other thing here. And like Brother Matt said, there's so many things. It's amazing how many things, but yeah. um, uh, the cross, you know, they don't believe in the cross. They don't believe Jesus was crucified on a cross. They believe he died on a stake, S-T-A-K-E. So instead of the word crucified in the scriptures, you'll read, um, instead of the word cross, you'll read the stake. And instead of the word crucified, you'll read they nailed him to the stake. They'll replace it with that. And they have when the crowd was uh, shouting back, you know, to Pilate, what shall I do with him, which is, with Jesus was called Christ. And they said, crucify him, crucify him. In the New World Translation, it says, to the stake with him, to the stake with him. And when I digest all of that, I'm, I'm amazed because in, the, in our scriptures, the King James Bible, 1 Corinthians 1.18, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. And it is an ominous thing that they uh, just uh, diminish and don't don't believe in the preaching of the cross, but rather the stake, and that's uh, an ominous comment on uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and, and 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 where their doctrine tends to lead people. Amen. Well, amen. Uh, good study, Matt. A uh, lot of information there. I don't have any of the Watchtower with me. Whenever they come around to the door, I say just no thanks and stuff like that. But uh, when Eric was talking about uh, almost saying. Uh, a, a misword of weary. Uh, I have been wearied <laughs> by the Jehovah Witnesses. Um, 
some time ago, a friend of mine uh, had had some Jehovah Witnesses come to his place, and he, he wasn't really uh, fully, uh, how shall I say, established in the Word of God. And for whatever reason, he decided he wanted to invite them back. And when he did, he turned to me and said, Steve, can you come and help me? <laughs> and so uh, I was sitting there at his uh, kitchen table, and uh, the Jehovah Witness came with uh, some one that was younger, as they normally do, to try to help them and teach them. And, and again, just uh, to say something about that, they, they believe that, that unless they're out there witnessing, they can't maintain their whatever their salvation is as they describe it. But I do have the, the New World Translation with me. I've got uh, one that was printed in 1970. And I think that they've made some, some additions or corrections or, or subtractions, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, in, other, in later versions of their, of their Bible. But uh, to go back to that story, um, uh, let the fellow do his presentation and so forth. And then uh, from there, you know, started to, to rebut some of the things as Matt would have done, as he did in the Bible study, Pastor Strobel did as, as far as uh, his comments here just a moment ago. And one of the things that I found out that they do, which is characteristic of, of most uh, heresies that are out there, is that they don't let you finish uh, when you start to explain from the scriptures and, and, and start to prove them wrong. Because as soon as they feel the squeeze, then they jump. And they jump to another subject. And if you're not Amen. skilled, you'll let them jump, and then you're, you're trying to def defend that position, and then defend that position, defend that position. And they never let you finish. Right. And what you end up doing is going back to the, the very verse they started with, and, and you just end up going in a circle and a circle and a circle. And that, that is the wearying aspect of it. And uh, the only reason why I would I would entertain them is number one for the person that uh, what my friend uh, to show them what they do and how they they teach errors, and then also for the for the uh, uh, person that the Jehovah Witness brought with him the the understudy if you will uh, to show them maybe some inconsistencies that are that are taking place in their teaching. Uh, one of the things that you uh, described aptly is the conflicting authorities, uh, where they use the watchtower as being superior to the to the Word of God, much like the Roman Catholics have the uh, the Church Fathers, uh, much like the Mormons have the Book of Mormon, uh, the Orthodox Jews have the Talmud and other books, uh, and uh, the Islam has not only the Koran, which is a, a addition to the Bible, but but also the Hadith and, and, and other things along that line. And, and the one thing, if someone's listening and, and maybe thinks that, that what we're doing is, is similar to that, we have commentaries and we have things along that line that we refer to from, from other people that teach, but we never claim them as being authority. The authority we have is is the King James Bible, and that, that is our sole authority in all matters of faith and practice, which is... I think what what Matt was trying to get across. Uh, some just just a couple of things, and I know Matt used this uh, and, and said it well. And of course, he described it there in, in the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse one, where he was talking about the attacking of the deity of Jesus Christ. 
And uh, as Pastor Strobel did mention in, in his comments there, where it says that the word was a God, and uh, it's instead of the word was God, uh, there at that last phrase of verse 1 of John chapter 1. And when they do that, they make it a, a small g. And if you were to tie that into uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 18, it says this in the New World Translation. It says, uh, no man has seen God, capital G, at any time. The only begotten God, small g, who is in the bosom or position with the Father, is the one that has explained him. And again, they go to a small g, saying that Jesus Christ is a begotten God, denying his authority. And uh, again, they do that by uh, attacking the, the Trinity. They don't say the Trinity is there, even though, uh, you know, you have the, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, um, where it talks about the Godhead. And of course, the Godhead being, uh, in, uh, we could just use Colossians, Colossians chapter two, verse nine, it says, for in him, in Christ dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead. And that's capital G in the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And he is, uh, the visible form of God. Uh, we accept the Trinity as being one God, but manifest in three persons, and, uh, of course, they deny that and say that he is a created God. Just to go even further on that, and, and I'm, I'm just going to say this and then and shut up and just let it go. But, but in the verse that Matt described in uh, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, which he read, uh, let's see, get that here. Uh, let me just read it here in the King James just so that you have it. And it says, uh, for there are three that bear record in heaven, uh, the Father, the Word, capital W, which is uh, denoting deity, and the Holy Ghost, capital H and G, which is denoting uh, uh, deity. And these three are one. That's what it says in the King James. In the uh, Jehovah Witness Bible, it says this in in uh, verse 7, it says, for there are three witnesses bearer, three witness bearers. That's all they have. Hmm. So they, they leave off the other part. Now, the thing that's interesting is that the New World Translation is taken from Roman Catholic manuscripts, of which they would probably deny vehemently because they're very anti-Catholic. Yep. But uh, they are uh, from the Roman Catholic manuscripts, Vaticanus and Sinaiticus, and, uh, which are the same manuscripts that all the other uh, false Bibles are from. And uh, so they've used false manuscripts or, or uh, bad manuscripts to translate their, their Bible from. And they've taken out the same verses that the uh, uh, new uh, translations do the NIV, the ASV, the new ASV, and all the other uh, Bibles out there. I think I ran into uh, uh, some material that says that there are, are you ready for this, 576 uh, New Testaments, uh, English New Testaments out there. Uh, I used to think there were only about 300, but someone's compiled a list of that, and there's seven, uh, five, 576 uh, New Testaments out there, uh, English New Testaments, and uh, the New World Translation is just one of many. And and what they're doing by promoting that 
and using the um, uh, the watchtower as supplement to it uh, reminds me of a verse in Mark, which says, "How be it in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men." And uh, they're denying the scriptures, they're denying the truth, and they're teaching for doctrines the commandments of men, and they are false teachers. And I wouldn't even bid up Godspeed. I wouldn't even let Amen. them into your house. Uh, I wouldn't uh, pay any attention to them. Says, look, I, I'm a Bible believer. I'm, I've been born again, and I don't have anything to do with you. Just go on your way. So I'll leave it with that. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um, I'm going to add, if I could, a couple more things just because I think it's important while we're on the subject. We don't pass it up. Um, some of the folks that deal with Jehovah's Witnesses will probably notice, or and Jehovah's Witnesses themselves might, you know, protest or mention a couple of things. But um, the big magazine they tend to take with them now at, when they leave it at your door, it's not the Watchtower. They tend to leave you with a magazine called Awake. Um, so if you see that around, mm. you see it laying around. Um, it's not a good Bible publication, although it'll have quotations of things that are supposed to be Bible verses. As we've already shown you, they're going to come from a different version, the New World Translation, but that's the Awake magazine. And the other thing is that the organization calls themselves Jehovah's Witness, Witnesses because they make a great emphasis on the name Jehovah. And uh, so much so that, you know, sometimes we'll talk about, I'll be talking with them about the Lord or about God. And they'll stop and they'll say, what's his name? What's his name? And I'll say, well, he's got a lot of names. In fact, sometimes I'll say, uh, well, uh, one of them's Jesus. That, that really gets him. <laughs> <laughs> but God's got all kinds of names in the scriptures. And, and without getting into the entire thing, um, I want to point out that, you know, the Bible tells us of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Acts chapter 4, verse 10. And then in verse number 12, it says of that name, neither is there salvation in any other not no other one, not Jehovah, Jesus. Not now Jesus means Jehovah saves, right. but that Jesus can save because he is Jehovah in the flesh. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And in Acts chapter one, verse eight, and, and the Jeho the New World Translation couldn't even mess this one up enough to to obscure the truth. But it says, and, and Jesus is speaking. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem all the, and then utter, utterly or ultimately to the uttermost part of the earth. We are to be witnesses to Jesus. So sometimes folks call them Jehovah's Witnesses, the JWs, and I think even their website is like JW.org. But, um, you know, the real JWs aren't Jehovah's Witnesses. They're Jesus' Witnesses. Amen. Those are the right Amen. ones. Amen. Well, thanks again, Matt, for bringing that study. And uh, there's a lot there. It's, it's good to have. And uh, we'll have show notes as well, right? You prepared those? Yes. All right. If you would like to see something covered, a topic that uh, we haven't talked about or mentioned yet, um, give us an email at uh, thatsinthebible at gmail.com. Have a question or topic that you want covered, email us at that's in the Bible at gmail.com or leave a phone message at 716-584-1611. God bless. And thank you for the That's in the Bible singers to come in and do that. <laughs>
Oh, brother. All right. Well, I guess on that note, we will uh, head out the door here. And Lord willing, we'll be back with uh, more of that's in the Bible. Uh, and maybe a little bit sooner than last time. Amen. Anything else? Good to be saved. Amen. Amen. All right, Lord willing, we'll see you back here soon. Pilgrims trot, Christians away. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous be in the skies. has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on. Yeah.